everybody. Welcome again to the Tradescast. It's a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment. For your enjoyment, my name is Jeff Fogg. And I'm Tom Moss, and this is the Tradescast for the week of July 30th, July 31st, 2017. Can you believe it? In the July. I can't believe it. Um, You know, I know it's July, because usually around this time every year, Tom, we have a special guest, and it's Dan Nelson. Hey, Dan. Hey. I love having Dan here, Tom, because... Thanks. He he knows. Uh, well, no, there's a specific reason, oh. not just a general reason. Oh. I I like that you're here because you know a lot about sports entertainment, which I think always brings a perspective uh, to the cast. Because you know, I know a little about about sports, and Tom knows how to spell the word sports. So you're here, and you bring you kind of bring it on home. Well, I spell I it with a Z. You do? Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like a bar. Very millennial. I love it. Um, so I want to get to that, but I want to talk about the uh, the box office for a second. Uh, there were two films that are really interesting to me. We don't do a lot of box office talk, but two films that are fascinating to me. The first one is Girls Trip. Uh, a lot of people, you know, as far as this year, would still have told you that unless Tyler Perry made the movie, that a movie where the primary target audience is black women, that film can't, quote, open it just won't make enough money. And Tyler Perry is a pretty specific audience. It's not just black women. It's predominantly black Christian women. is his largest audience. Uh, Girls Trip, uh, incredible reviews. Uh, in fact, I think the best-reviewed R-rated comedy so far this year. Uh, and astounding numbers. And the numbers are so big that while I, I have read that still the overwhelming majority of the audience is, is black women, definitely it's getting a crossover appeal. Do you think we're finally reaching that point where people are going to stop this whole it can't happen, there can't be a film that's targeted toward this audience that can't cross over or do big? Yes and no. I mean, I think there's going to be uh, examples of these kinds of movies that do have this crossover, but um, I think that you're going to have a, still have a big hurdle, and I think this movie did have a big hurdle to get over uh, for being considered a black movie, and I think the reviews have been so good. I think it's a good movie. So as long as it's a good movie, I think you're going to have lots of crossover. Yeah, I don't actually think there's anything wrong with a film being called, I wouldn't call it a black movie, but a movie targeted toward a black audience or black female audience. Um, but maybe this film is helping to continue push along the idea that just because that's the target audience doesn't mean that lots of people can't enjoy this film, particularly women. Well, you know, Hidden Figures has black women as leads. How is that not a black That movie? is true, and that's fascinating because almost no one called that quote a black movie or a movie toward a black audience. What's the difference? Well, I think there is a difference, and I think it's that it's a, there, there are movies that are, that are civil rights stories that are aimed at, um, you know, certainly open to a black audience, but are kind of aimed at a white audience for white guilt. Um, I think all the slavery movies that uh, are perennial um, uh, not for slavery, movies, movies about slavery that are perennial um, Oscar-nominated Oscar movies are fit in that category, as opposed to um, movies that, that, that appeal to a contemporary black audience. And I think that's, that's the difference. It's funny. It ticks another box, too, which is the, quote, raunchy R-rated comedy. And this year, raunchy R-rated comedies are not doing well, for the most part. Do you think that... Maybe there's a glut of them. Do you think that they just have to be really good to connect, to do a big audience? Because we had this time, this hangover time, that basically just brought in these kind of adultish comedies um, doing huge business. Several this year have just bombed. 
So is it like um, like a, the was it bachelor party? When no, what was the, um, the the bridesmaids? Right, bridesmaids was like a raunchy R-rated with women, and right. that was the news story, right? And this is maybe an, a raunchy R-rated movie with black women, right? You know? But is the, ele- the is the element of those two films not so much and their success not so much that they are uh, raunchy or for women? Is that the critics love them? What do you think, Dan? You think that it's still at the end of the day have equality? I think so. I think you're seeing, you know, take someone like Seth Rogen, and I think he's just churning these movies out. I think there's a big improvisational feel to them, but I don't think they're particularly great. And I think they had to build an audience, and as some of these things are not as strong, people aren't as drawn to them. Well, the other thing I want to talk about was Dunkirk. Uh, Dunkirk... I think everyone had big expectations. That's why it's released in July instead of November. Not that you can't have a big film at the end of the year, but they expected, they marketed this film not as kind of an edgy, almost art war film, but as a mainstream event, almost action picture. Now, I've seen the film. I know Dan has seen the film. Yeah. Um, it's the largest release uh, in a long time on 70 Miller's millimeter screens it's it's running in 125 spots i saw it in 70 millimeters did you i did and it looked fantastic uh but the movies crossed 100 million uh overseas it's going to cross 100 million here on a 100 million dollar budget um but tom it's very much an art house film there's very little dialogue not a lot of explaining it's a very adult and not in the raunchy way it's a very (laughs) adult film are you surprised at how much, not the critics, but how much the public seems to be really geared toward this film? No, I haven't seen the movie like you guys, and so I've only seen the trailers. Oh. And the trailers make it seem like a superhero action movie with uh, with Nazis. Uh, is that what the? I mean, or is it a historical, an historical drama? Well, Christopher Nolan did something pretty fascinating with the film. It's rare almost unheard of, which is you do not see the enemy at all. Also, Churchill, a towering figure in this period of time, is not in the film. He is referenced in a very kind of small way, but that is the film is very much boots on the ground. This is what a guy who just shows up in the middle of, I mean, literally shows up in the middle of the battle, it feels like. He's been there, but for us, we're just in the battle. When you said that it was a film... Unlike anything else that you've seen, I thought you were going to say because it's an English language film, but you can't actually understand anything. Yes, yeah. Christopher Nolan definitely stuck to his roots. It is an English film with real English accents, so it's actually kind of hard to understand. What also, the saying. sound, the um, the score is so loud that it overpowers the the words. Although I don't think it's important. It's a visual film. For it's sure. an incredibly visual film. To Tom, it sounds to me like you think maybe some of the audience went thinking, expecting something different. Well, I mean, that's how it was sold. So, I mean, but you know, it's getting good reviews, it's getting a good word of mouth. So, I think that's 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 the proof. I'd be very interested in seeing the historic drama about Dunkirk. I think it's a fascinating story, but I'm right. not so interested in just seeing, you know, uh, shots of of planes diving. I, that it's doesn't great, appeal Tom. to me. It's great. I, I, I'd I'd love to see it once, but I feel like I've seen that in the trailer. You know, so I don't want to see two hours of that. Right. No, I understand, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. The way the film was put together is is. I don't want to say unique, highly unusual. And very original. Yeah, I mean, it really I'll, is. I'll, on, the, on, on your word, I'll, I'll, I'll see it. It's pretty impressive, but I'll tell you one thing those two films have in common, although there are recognizable stars. Both comedies. And, yeah, both hysterical. <laughs> um, and both aimed predominantly toward black women. Yeah. No, uh, both films 
uh, have stars, but they don't rely on stars to make the film. And, and I, I've been saying this forever, but I don't know if Hollywood agrees with me. I think, not counting the overseas market, don't you feel the day of the star who opens the movie is almost dead in Hollywood? I do, but I'm mostly surprised that you think Hollywood is looking for you to tell them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think they should because they certainly are making a lot of mistakes. But don't you think they still are relying on that idea of like, we need Scarlett Johansson because Scarlett Johansson would make more money than if it's not. And Definitely. I mean, I think the only reason you don't have stars is because a particular director doesn't want to have stars or um, because they're just trying to save money. Those are the only two reasons movies don't have stars. Uh, we've talked about this before, you know. I mean, uh, who is the star that can open a movie? Every time a big star uh, comes out with a, a big movie, um, we're, we're sitting here talking about how it, it didn't meet expectations. So right. I don't know, can Tom Cruise still open Overseas. A movie? He can overseas, right. but he can't domestically anymore. And what I think was the movie that he was just in? I didn't even know it was out. It the Mummy. The Mummy. I didn't I had, even know that first movie. First I've heard out. of it. <laughs> But, I, you know, another thing to remember is that some of those stars or wh- who would be stars soon enough are going to small screen. And so I think this the, the, the distribution of where uh, the scripts are is maybe pointing to where the, um, the, the stars are. I mean, um, um, House of Cards. Kevin, yes. uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Didn't think of his name. Uh, getting old. Uh, Kevin Spacey is is at home on the on the small, small screen. screen. Now he's still making big movies. I know he was just in Baby Driver, but um, you know he can he has a he has a choice. Sure. Well, I love that you mentioned small screen and big screen because that takes us to our next topic, which is uh, there is a fight brewing. There's a fight of brewing, Tom, brewing. Uh, and it feels kind of like when Marvel fought DC because someone from the ranks of boxing. Is fighting someone from the ranks of MMA, right? It's, and they're going to clash together in the ring. And the winner of, of that takes on the champion of Glow. Yes, that's it. Right. Um, and and what's interesting about this, and it's not the first thing, to, first one to do this, but I'm wondering if we are truly seeing something that's going to become almost a daily or for sure weekly event, which is that you can see this on pay per view, which is how boxing and MMA have been for years and years and years. But you can go to the movie theater and see this in a massive screen with great sound. And this fight is expected, although it's not expected to be necessarily a good fight, it's expected to be a very popular fight. Um, Dan, I know that you follow MMA. Do you you think that this is a one-off or do you think we're going to see more and more of this go to the movies? Let's go to the movies and see, you know, the great soccer match, see the fight, see the football game even. I don't think it's going to be one-off. It's not the first time MMA has done this, but it wasn't particularly successful, so they haven't done it a lot. And I think the reason that this particular fight is doing that is because the ticket price, if you order, is going to be $100 or more if you order at home. Where they can, you know, Not that many people are going to pay to do that, so they're probably trying to fight people that are going to download it illegally or watch it illegally. Um, so they'll go to the movie theater and pay a lower price. I don't know if that price is going to be $25 or $40, but I think that's the idea is try to get somebody that isn't going to pay $100 but still will do something if you can make it more interesting. Now, you've been to one of these, right? Yeah. Tell, me what, tell, me, tell me what it felt like. Was it worth it? Was it like, oh, my God, it's almost like being there in a sense? Well, you know, I'm a big MMA fan. If I could watch every fight that way, I would. Um, it was so fun. It was great. If I had any issues with it, I would be that – 
the audience was that it wasn't totally packed. But it was fun. Like when the main event happened, there were people that were really rooting for one fighter. I was rooting for a different fighter. And it was fun to hear that. It was really exciting. It was not like being at a fight, but it was close. Tom, have you ever been to one of those one-offs like uh, the, the opera or any of the special <laughs> events at the, at the theater? You know, you can go see the Met Live. Fathom events. Fathom events, right. Fathom events. I, I have not, but it's funny that you went straight toward to opera. Opera. Yeah. We're talking yeah. to you. Yeah. You're a classy guy, Tom. That's what we do. You're a classy guy. <laughs> I never have, but I've always thought, I, I, I mean, I wonder what the thing is that would, would bring me to... Cooking class? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> You're funny, uh, but but you know, like a like a, a musical for me, like a, a like a, a Sondheim musical or something like that. I would definitely go. Yeah, I kept thinking that one day they would they would just do Hamilton, but I guess they're going to wait for the feature film and do just do Hamilton as a massive. I, I almost feel like Hamilton is so amazingly big that outside of major cities, you could just show it every week in theaters, and people would just go. It would be one of those things like you could live stream it or something. And, and just be whatever Hamilton is doing on Broadway. But um, so you see this increasing over time, just more and more. I think that it would have to be a big event, and I don't think there is another big event. I think that they're going to try to do more boxing versus MMA events if this goes the way that people think it is. The biggest pay per view event was Pacquiao versus Mayweather. This is Mayweather versus McGregor. The two biggest draws in the two sports, and I, the Pacquiao fight got four four million pay per views. They think this one is going to break it. I do too. I think you're going to see somewhere between five and seven million pay per view events because it's going to be a worldwide event um, in Ireland. Uh, it's more people have bet on McGregor than anything anyone's ever bet on in Ireland. Of course, he's an Irish fighter. Um, even in America, people are fighting on or. Are betting on McGregor. It's a huge event. Well, I uh, I love the idea of Fathom, even though I've never been, and I'm hoping that it's something that just becomes so routine. And I'm seeing more and more commercials for it when I when I go to the theater. Uh, you guys may recognize uh, Dan, uh, co-hosts with Tom uh, Tom's uh, night job, which is Indivisible Chicago podcast. Um, an amazing podcast that you don't actually have to be from Chicago or even Illinois to enjoy. There are a lot of uh, different things that are going on in politics and social activities that I find pretty fascinating. Um, but it's raunchy and R-rated. Yeah, it's all raunchy and R-rated, and it's for black women. Yeah. But uh, it it takes me to our, our last topic, which is podcasts have become so popular and successful and varied that I guess the time had come, Tom, for a podcast musical. Is that true? It is absolutely true. So the uh, the podcast is 36 Questions. Uh, it is a, a, a podcast in three acts, and it features uh, two characters. One of them is the, we were just talking about Hamilton, Jonathan Groff from, from Hamilton. Uh, two acts are out now. There's one act yet remaining, and it's getting really good reviews. It was written up in the New York Times. I've listened to the first act. It's really interesting. There's some things that are a little goofy, but uh, overall, I mean, I mean, this is something brand new. There's been nothing like this before. Which is so funny because that is true, but, I, Dan, I think you were saying this off air, that in some ways we've actually come in a weird full circle. It's almost like old radio. It's because it's because so rudimentary. It's so easy to do this technology now. Um, is it almost kind of a return to this classic era of, I mean, obviously it's a new take on it, but a classic era of radio, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, it is so crazy that we're listening to podcasts. 
I totally stopped listening to music. I don't listen to music at all anymore. I only listen to podcasts. Um, so yeah, I, I think it is a change, and it's interesting. Not that not that it's exactly the same because it's on Netflix, but there's a Netflix show that pretty much every kid I've ever met has watched called Thirteen Reasons Why. Um, and the idea is, you know, each one is one of the thirteen reasons why. Um, and so I think the idea of this musical sounds really interesting. Which the idea is, I assume every episode you're getting a little bit more of the story, and it's connecting back. Yeah, and what have you thought of it, Tom? Uh, I've, I've heard the first act, and it's um, it's good. I mean, it's really good. The music is solid. Um, it's playful and funny, and uh, it uses the form really well. It it, it um, uh, the way they deal with exposition of the character is characters is really smart. Um, well, so, I know, like me, you love classic radio, old time. What I do. we call old time radio. Does it give you a feeling of that, or is it something completely? No, different? it's completely. It, it gives me a feeling of Broadway. I mean, it gives me a feeling of listening to a soundtrack, but actually getting all the drama. Uh, you know, so there's, there, I guess, there's a little bit of now that you mention it, a little bit of of radio drama. There would have to be. Um, but it doesn't feel, it, I mean, it doesn't feel old time at right. all. It feels contemporary. But it's I, more like using this old time format to do something brand new. That's what's interesting. Right. Remember the old time format itself was trying to do something that was uh, existing, trying to take vaudeville or trying to take uh, stage stage shows to to, to yeah, radio. I love this because in Los Angeles there is still a, a company that does live drama. They, they have major actors come in, do a, a major play. Live, I mean, they, they do it for a live audience, and then they play it on uh, on the radio. And I love this idea that this and like we're talking about with Fathom, this whole idea of getting new ways to tell stories, not just Netflix, Hulu. I mean, those are fun too, but just this whole idea. Those along with YouTube and all these things, we're just getting. It's like whatever you want to try, you're not being limited anymore. Time, budget, any of those things. It's kind of exciting, I think. Yeah. Um, the, uh, speaking of entertainment, though, the uh, the box office is low uh, this year. So, Tom, in a couple of weeks, I think we should do a roundup at the end of summer because uh, the numbers are not good. Well, we talked a couple of months ago about wanting to see what this summer was going to be because things looked up a few months ago. And yeah. They did not look you up You take now. Wonder Woman out and you were in some serious trouble. So, we'll look at that. We'll also do a preview of the Emmys, uh, who got nominated. Here's a spoiler. Don't look for too many from the big networks. Uh, so, we'll be looking at that and anything else in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So, for our special guest, Dan, and for Tom, I'm Jeff. Have a great day. <laughs>